Park Hopping Podcast number 51, Florida Sunshine. Hi there, this is Alan from DisneyFans.com, and this is the Park Hopping Podcast, show number 51, the podcast that proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that anyone can have their own podcast. Previously on the Park Hopping Podcast, we park hopped over to Disneyland's Tomorrowland for a Yesterland visit to the Buzz Lightyear show at Club Buzz, now gone and replaced by a California version of Florida's Disney MGM Studios Star Wars Jedi Training Academy show, or so the Imperial Forces would have us believe. Today, I think it's only fair that we park hop once again, this time back to Walt Disney World. But first, Dustin in Ohio writes, Please come back with the Park Hopping Podcast. I miss it. It was my favorite podcast. I know you're busy with your other podcast and other work, but you should try to put out some more. I'm not the only one who misses them. My mom misses them, too. So, to Dustin and Dustin's mom, here's a new episode. No promises on any type of regular schedule, though. More on that later. Next, Ella wrote, I love your park hopping podcast as well as your disgruntled podcast. I had a question about something I saw on your Disney fans' website. In the photo area, you have a pic of the entrance of the now-defunct Sleeping Beauty Castle walkthrough, and under the picture is a trivia question. What scene was covered up and why? What is the answer, or where can I find the answer? Now, at first, I couldn't remember what this was about, so I had to explore my own site. That's DisneyFans.com. And I found what Ella was talking about in my uh, Disneyland vs. the Magic Kingdom section. You see, about ten years ago, I started working on a side-by-side comparison to the two U.S. Magic Kingdoms. After years of never finishing it, I decided just to post what I'd done so far and hopefully complete it later. You can find a link to this comparison and the entry Ella asked about at DisneyFans.com. Now, for your East Coasters and all you Disneyland newbies who may never have seen it, the Disneyland Castle contained a walkthrough display of small scenes from Sleeping Beauty. They had little characters, and some of them moved, and there was music and lights. It was really neat, but eventually the park chose to close it down. You can find pictures of pretty much all the scenes in my photo gallery if you want to take a look. Now, here's the problem. I don't remember the answer. I know I knew it, and I know I had notes on all the trivia questions I scattered around that section, but I can't find them. Now, if I recall, though, the answer was very mundane. There was a particular scene that, for whatever reason, got covered up at some point. It was just kind of walled off. Now, if I recall, there may have been several scenes that were closed off, uh, and they were discovered some years later, and some of them were restored. So if anyone remembers this particular tidbit of Disneyland history, give me a call at 206-2030-227 and uh, tell us what you know. All right, with that said, a quick update for 2007. Since we last spoke, I was laid off from my job. It's part of those popular downsizing and restructuring things that high-tech companies like to do. I'd been through one a few years earlier, so it was nothing new. But fortunately, the job market seems to be much stronger now. And rather than being unemployed for seven months like last time, I've already started a new job that pays even better. So it was a nice couple of weeks off, if nothing else. Obviously, I didn't spend my extra time working on Disney podcasts, but I did spend a few months doing a Toyota podcast and made some good money on the side. I've also been uh, keeping busy doing a series of winter TV commercials for a local skiing park and some other video projects for the Des Moines Renaissance Fair. So lots of fun stuff going on over here at the crappy podcast headquarters. But today, it's time to take yet another virtual visit to Walt Disney World. Why? Because we're under a blizzard warning right now in Des Moines, Iowa, and downtown is pretty much closed, so I have some extra time today to think about uh, someplace much, much warmer. I call it a weather-enforced day off. Now, when my mom and dad first took me to Disney World back around 1975 or so, there were a few things that really had an impact on me. 
I'd just seen Disneyland on the same trip, so while the rides and animatronics and all that stuff was certainly uh, something I would remember forever, the thing that stood out most was how far away the park was from our hotel. Now, I know as a kid, 10 minutes can seem like an hour, so maybe that's part of it, but 30 years ago, uh, there's, there wasn't much out there. It was a really different experience to visit Walt Disney World. I also remember that every place seemed to have signs that offered you free orange juice if you stopped in, and that hasn't been the case since the Great Frosts Florida saw in the early 80s, if I recall. But I digress. My point is, I remember it taking what seemed like hours to get to the Magic Kingdom. Okay, maybe 30 minutes, whatever. First, there was this endless drive from the hotel to Disney property, which, which gave me my next memory, uh, Disney World Radio. Once you entered um, property, the original roadway in to Walt Disney World and up to what is now known as the Transportation and Ticket Center had its own radio station, which was active until sometime in the past 10 years. It was still running in 99, if I recall. They had like an antenna wire or something that ran along that roadway, so once you left it, you lost that signal. There was an AM station that broadcast all kinds of neat things like park hours and tips and Disney characters talking about what fun you were about to have. Now, sadly, as Disney added more parks and resorts and expanded their highway system, they never expanded this radio system. I guess today maybe it wouldn't matter as much since a lot of new cars don't even come with AM radios, but it was a great memory. Now, if you have any specific memories of this radio station, please give me a call and leave me a message. Share them with us. Now, the third thing that really stood out on this journey to Main Street was the way you actually got to got to the park itself. Once, once we parked in the lot, we were still a mile or so away from the Magic Kingdom. You couldn't walk there. There was no bus stop in front of the train station. It seemed impossibly isolated. I had no idea how all these employees got to work each morning unless they did like we did. I mean, I don't even know if there was a walkway from the Contemporary Resort to the Magic Kingdom back then, but, you know, I suspect there was. As a kid, I wasn't really paying attention to stuff like that. Anyway, you, you had two transportation options that both seemed pretty magical to a kid from Houston. One was a ferry boat. Now, New Yorkers may not be that impressed by a ferry boat, but I bet most parts of America don't have them floating around as part of a daily commute to work. And the second option was the monorail. After seeing Disney monorails at Disney parks and even in Las Vegas for the past 30 years, I'll admit that I've lost a lot of the magic feeling I had way back then when I first rode this futuristic highway in the sky. But it's still one of the coolest forms of transportation I've ever enjoyed. I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that it used to be so clean and fresh. Today, the monorails often have rips and tears in the seats. Things look a little worn down and... Well, to be honest, there's really nothing new and exciting about a journey to the parks that I've now taken hundreds of times. But the memories of my early rides in the monorail remain. It was really, really neat. I can only hope that all these first-time visitors that are seeing the park this year have that same sort of feeling I did back in the 70s, the first time, you know, that we, we get to stand clear of the doors and step inside. So, in honor of sub-freezing temperatures, three-foot snowdrifts, and a closing of Interstate 35 towards Minnesota and Interstate 80 towards Omaha, I'd like to present a 1990s version of two of the strongest memories I had visiting Walt Disney World for the very first time. And as far as that radio station goes, you're on your own there. This podcast no longer supports AM.
upper level. Nice view up here. Nice breeze this evening. That's what I consider to be very boring audio, and I cut out a lot of it, too, trying to shorten it down. So let's see what it would have been like if we would have ridden the monorail instead.
Riveting, amazing audio. Well, welcome back. And as a point of reference, back in those days, meaning the 70s when it opened and not the 90s when that audio was recorded, back in the 70s when there was only one theme park on property and it hadn't even been open five years, there was simply no way to imagine what Walt Disney World would eventually become just a few decades later. For better or worse, the growth has been phenomenal. Now, being old enough to remember using coupon books and e-tickets really gives me a lot of perspectives on the changes the resort has seen since then. If only I'd been able to talk my parents into buying me an Instamatic or something back then, maybe I could have some photographs to scan and share. But instead, all I have are my fading memories of a time when Disney World just meant the Magic Kingdom to most people. You know, Disneyland, Disney World. I corrected people about that for so many years. It's the Magic Kingdom. Walt Disney World is the entire property. But today, modern visitors seem to get that since it doesn't seem like a, a theme park anymore. It's an entire world on its own. And to newbies, the Magic Kingdom is just one little part of that uh, resort. Just amazing. So thanks, Walt, for getting the ball rolling so many years ago. Now, before I end the show today, I did want to mention the Netcot podcast. It's one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. I've been listening to it pretty regularly now. And this week, 
Uh, he covered the top seven stupidest things he's overheard at Disney World. And if you listen to what people say in the background in some of these uh, audio ride-throughs, you, you hear some very interesting things, some people that are confusing Disney World with Disneyland or getting years mixed up, things like that. So it's, it's kind of fun to hear other people's perspectives on that. So uh, the next time you're there, take an extra picture, shoot some extra video, record some extra audio because you really never know when something you like, love, or hate is going to go away and never be around again. Or it'll just be there in 30 years and you'll have a hard time remembering what it was like when it was fresh and new in your mind. And on that note, I think that'll do it for me this time. So be sure to visit DisneyFans.com where you can browse over 45,000 digital pictures I've taken at Disneyland, Disney World, and other theme parks across the country, as well as dozens of downloadable video files from the Disney parks. I got even got my home server working again so you can get the big versions. And if you want to drop me a note, my email address is podcast at DisneyFans.com. And if you'd rather use the telephone, you can dial 206-2030-ACP. That's for another crappy podcast. Again, 206 206- 2030227 and leave me a voicemail. This has been the Park Hopping Podcast, show number 51, Florida Sunshine. Thanks for listening. Now I gotta go shovel my Prius out of the snowdrift. Bye. Another Crappy Podcast production. Be sure to visit anothercrappypodcast.com to learn more about this and other equally exciting <sighs> podcasts. Oh, hey, and be sure to go to Yesterland.com. You can find links to it from MySage.com if you can't remember Yesterland.com. And check out some of the newer entries he's posted about some classic Disneyland attractions that are either gone or have changed. You can find a lot of pictures that um, he's used from my gallery there. So again, check it out at Yesterland.com.